Hey everyone, welcome to the Flippin' Mats Wading Flats podcast with Josh and Joe, a new fishing podcast bringing you a look at the world of fishing through the eyes of the newest beginner all the way to the most seasoned professional, covering both fresh and salt water, bringing knowledge, experience, and passion to the fishing podcast community. All right, everyone, I'm Josh Spencer. I am from San Antonio, Texas. I am a local guide. I run Last Call Guide Service based out of Rockport, Texas. I am also a tournament bass fisherman. I fish a lot of the local circuits, bass champs, uh, TTZ, Texas Team Trail, stuff like that. I also fish with the Elite Bass Club here in San Antonio. I have been fishing pretty much since I was a kid, starting in ponds and golf course ponds and everything, all the way up to Friday nighters at Medina Lake. And now I'm in my 30s and got my own boat and starting the guide business. I've been doing it about a year now and just enjoying every minute of it. Enjoy getting on the water anytime I can and fishing as much as I can. And I'm Joe. Um, People might know me. I used to have a a podcast back in the day, and I had to take a little break from it called Straight Bassin', but now I'm back with Josh, one of my good friends. Um, Also, I'm here in San Antonio, Texas. It's been a good time since I moved here from California. I try to keep that a secret, though. Um, I'm a Texas now for sure, Texas guy. Um, Actually, bought my boat, my my Skeeter ZX250 from Josh, and... First time I met him was down there in uh, Laredo, Texas on Falcon. Um, also, hopefully pretty soon, hoping to start guiding myself. I mainly fish uh, freshwater, bass, here at the local lakes, you know, Choke Canyon, Canyon Lake, Medina Lake, uh, Austin area, up there in Travis and LBJ, uh, Buchanan. And I also do a little bit of red fishing at Browning and Calaveras as well. So, Josh, why did, why did you want to start this podcast, bro? Man, I listen to all the podcasts that I can. Uh, there's a bunch of them on the different platforms, a bunch of great fishing podcasts. And I just, for lack of a better term, I just want to bring something a little bit different to the podcast community. I love fishing. It's a passion of mine. But one of the things I really want to try to help is bringing the knowledge and experience to people that quite honestly, it's really hard to learn on yourself just or by yourself, just getting out there trying to do it. I mean, we do live in a day and age with YouTube and Facebook and Instagram where you can get online and learn how to tie a drop shot or learn how to throw a pop and cork and shrimp down at the coast or all those different things. But there's nothing like hands-on experience and having somebody there that can actually show you how to do it the same way your dad showed you how to catch a ball with a glove or how to throw a spiral with a football. It's really hard to find those people to show that. So I'm hoping through this podcast, I'm able to just give back a little bit and help people learn and possibly enjoy and build a passion for fishing the same way I have. Definitely. Definitely sounds good. I'm excited too. I mean, getting back to this, uh, bringing guests on, interviewing them, seeing how everybody's doing, hearing the, the guide trip stories, the fun stories that we all have about falling off the boat or not putting the plug in <laughs> at the ramp, you know, fishing fails, as I like to call it. Um, I'm excited, though. I'm excited to do this, bringing San Antonio, you know, 
together again. It's been a little, I feel, uh, hasn't been lately so much of a community and hopefully we can bring that back together, you know? No, I agree. And that's one of the things I noticed about the fishing community in a whole is you hear a lot of the young people nowadays, you know, talk about it's kind of clickish or whatever. And, you know, you've got your circles that you run in with guys that you run in and everybody's like, Oh yeah. You know, yeah. I've been catching a lot of fish at choke. Oh really? How you been doing? And they tell you some off the wall story or something like that. And I mean, I get it. We're all trying to protect, you know, I guess to give us that little bit of edge over the next guy, especially when it comes to fishing tournaments and stuff like that. But ultimately if you're going to quote unquote, grow the sport, like you hear everybody talking about nowadays, you're never going to be able to grow it. If there's people, you know, holding stuff back and keep it, keeping secrets. Uh, one of the, one of the things I've noticed more often than not is the really good fishermen usually don't have a problem telling you what they're doing because they know, Hey, I can tell you what I'm doing. I can tell you how I'm doing it, but bottom line, you still got to get out there and do it better than I do. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And you know what? Like I, I was talking to Mike G one day and he was fishing the tournament on choke and he was telling me, you know, there was four or five boats in this one spot. And none of them were catching. And he was so irritated with it because of the fact that he, they didn't know how to set up on the spot like he did. And once they dipped out, he came in, pulled in there. And I think he caught like an eight and a nine within like an hour and a half. Yeah. Same spot, you know, but he's lined up different. It's so, you can have the, the best bait, the best rod, best reel. You, you think you know how to fish, but if you're not lined up on the spot correctly, I mean, what's it really going to do to you, you know? No, that's exactly right. And a lot of it is... You hear people talk about confidence. It does boil down to confidence because if you put the boat on the water, even if you're just going out to fish by yourself for a day, but if you put the boat on the water and just don't even have a sense of, man, I'm going to go out and catch fish today. If you put the boat on the water and go, well, I hope I catch fish today, or I hope I can find something. Well, you're already kind of the behind the eight ball before it stops. So, or before it starts. So, building that confidence and enjoying fishing. And when you're enjoying it and that confidence is high, everybody's experienced those days where it doesn't seem like you can, it seems like you can pick up any bait in your tackle box and you're going to catch a fish no matter what, just because you're in the groove, you're in the zone as people call it. And man, everybody deserves to experience that. Definitely. definitely. So being in Rockport, like I'm, I'm excited to hear how, the salt water and fresh water combined mix together. That's what I'm most interested in with this. It's it's really it's really amazing how parallel the two fishing are. Now naturally down in Rockport, I'm mainly an inshore fisherman. So we're fishing for redfish, speckled trout, flounder, black drum, stuff like that. You know, I don't do offshore trips and stuff. But as much as I've been a bass fisherman for the last Gosh, I got my first bass boat when I was 18 years old. So, you know, for the last 18 years, I've been bass fishing. But my family has owned a house down in Port Aransas, Texas, since the 60s. I mean, we're second generation homeowners down there. So I've I actually grew up fishing at the coast before I ever got involved in bass fishing outside of 
fishing in a pond. You know, I used to work at golf courses when I was in high school, so I'd go fish in the golf course ponds. But which ones are those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, you know, we used to do that. So I actually got my start fishing down at the coast. And then I turned on to the bass fishing thing. I had one of our, well, actually one of the fellow club members in Elite Bass Club, uh, Tony, he actually used to work for my mom. He was a teacher at my mom's school. And he took me bass fishing for the first time ever, actually on a lake, like going out in a boat, trying that. And we just went to the local lake here, Medina Lake, a little northwest of San Antonio. And he had a little 17, 18 foot bass tracker. And he took me out there and I think he took me out there. I don't know, not out of pity, but I think my mom bugged him (laughs) enough. He finally took me out there, you know, and ever since then I was hooked and I came home, told my mom, I'm going to buy a bass boat. And sure enough, I bought a little 18 footer with a 90 horse and started fishing the Friday night jackpot tournaments at Medina. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I knew I liked to fish. And so you know, I got into bass fishing and I think the main reason I did it is because it was so close to home. Yeah. Even if I just had four or five hours, I could go as to where if I only have four or five hours, I can't make the three hour drive to the coast and go fishing and turn around and come home. Right. So I started bass fishing and, and I did that solid for a good 10 years, probably fished a couple of bass champs tournaments back in the mid 2000s a little bit i was still super green i mean didn't know nothing but i knew i worked worked a job and had a little bit of money so we went and fished um fished a couple more in the early 2010s or so 11 12 um and just kind of bounced around fishing local tournaments here and there and uh you know it was a lot of fun and here recently uh, i actually got married three years ago And my wife, when she and I started dating about five, five and a half years ago, her family has a house down in Port O'Connor, Texas, and she doesn't bass fish. Of course, she goes with me and she, you know, tries, but she loves to saltwater fish. Mm. Well, when we started dating, I kind of got back into the saltwater fishing thing here in the summer times and stuff, especially because down here in South Texas, when it's 100 degrees, a lot of the tournament trails don't have a big tournaments in June, July, August, just because of fish care issues and stuff like that. So during the summer, I started running down to the coast again with her and kind of got the bug again. And it gave, it was a way for me to go fishing with her because she, you know, didn't really not, it's not that she didn't want to go bass fishing, but you know, she didn't really care for going bass fishing in the beginning. So started going down to the coast again and running around and kind of came full circle to where I started fishing, you know, and uh, we ended up buying a a boat down at the coast and, and just got after it again. And man, it, it was amazing. So here I am, I've been bass fishing for 10 years. All of a sudden I start going back down to the coast again. And of course, down at the coast, you're buying a lot of live bait, croakers, live shrimp, piggy perch, mullet. And then, you know, you're also throwing cut bait, cut mullet, sardines, menhaden, stuff like that. But we would be out there fishing and I'd reach down and pick up my bone white czar spook that I have for tied on for bass fishing. <laughs> hey, everybody knows about the bone white spook, dude. 
But, Aniston Killer right there. That's bro. right. <laughs> so, you know, I, and here I am reaching down, grabbing super spooks and catching trout and redfish on Zoom flukes, mag flukes, fishing them the same way I fish them up at the lake. And they're working. And then that's when I first started realizing, like, man, these trout and redfish aren't that much different than bass. I mean, yes, they are different as in they live their whole life, you know, chasing bait because the bait moves so much down there with tide and current and water flow and stuff. But you get down there, there's grass, there's potholes, there's rocks, and those fish are using structure just like the bass are. Mm. And you'd find yourself, oh, man, look, I'm going down this grass edge, and all of a sudden I'm just whacking them, you know, and it's like, all right, well, maybe there is something to this. And so that's kind of how it came full circle. And I still have a full-time tournament partner that I fish all the bass tournaments with. And then in the summertime, I roll down to the coast. And about a year ago, I went and took my captain's license and decided, you know what, if I'm going to come down to the coast and, you know, I, I really just wanted the opportunity to share the water with other people. Mm. So all through high school and stuff, I was also a big golfer. I worked in the golf business for a long time. I was a golf pro for a little bit, not a professional golfer. I wasn't that good, but I was a golf pro. So I used to give a lot of golf lessons back in the day. And one of my favorite thing, one of my favorite people to teach were kids and women. I love teaching kids and women how to play golf. And I've kind of taken that same attitude to my guide business. I mean, I do and love... I do love getting guys on the boat that are as passionate and avid about fishing as I am. But man, you get a kid or a wife or somebody on the boat, you let them hook into a 24, 25 inch redfish. It's peeling drag rods bent over and those kids are screaming and yelling and they don't know what to do. That is the equivalent of, in my mind, that's the equivalent to how I would be if I caught a 10 pound bass or something yeah. like that. And that's really kind of how I've tailored my guide business to start anyway is, man, I just, I want, I want to sell the experience as much as I want to sell the actual fishing itself. Yeah, definitely. Most out. I mean, there was, I think it was like what, November, I went out to Browning and took a kid out, him and his dad and he caught a carp, right? I know it's a carp, hey, but this carp is huge. Um, it, I don't know, probably at least like 15, 20 pound carp, right? This kid was Jack. He thought he had a huge bull red on and he got it in. And even though it was a carp, this kid was so stoked to see it. And to see him fight it for a good five to six minutes to get in the boat and to see his stoke on it, which is, it was phenomenal. Now, even when I take my son Gage out, like, he has a blast, even though he's probably mostly eating candy or chips in the back of the boat, playing with his cars. You know, it's still good to get him out there on the water, and he's learning. You know, he just has to throw a big caster down, which I'm super proud of. He's only, you know, six years old, so he's doing good. Heck, yeah. You know, the other thing is, too, when it comes to kids and stuff like that is I think one of the hardest parts of getting a kid or a wife or a girlfriend or anybody, even a even a male that wants to start fishing, the hardest part of getting somebody interested is fishing can be boring. Mm -hmm. I mean, you hear the top tournament professionals talk about all the time how we win more or we lose more than we win. And yeah, it's true. There's way more bad days than there are good days out on the water. Most definitely. 
And so the hardest part about getting someone interested in fishing and building that passion like you and I have for fishing is getting them to have a good time. I mean, there's been days on my guide trip where I've had kids and at the end of the day, we might only have two or three keepers, but we caught 25 fish and just the kid getting to put the shrimp on the hook, throw it out there, see the bobber go down, set the hook, reel something in that, you know, that seven, eight, 10 year old, 12 year old, heck, even 45 year old man, if they don't know, they don't care if that redfish is 12 inches long or 25 inches long. Yeah. They just like it. The, the funnest part of fishing is catching, Yeah, you know? And so that's really what I'm trying to do and get the ball rolling is just, you know, getting people to enjoy why I enjoy fishing. Definitely. I think that's one of the big reasons we start, we're going to start this podcast up, you know, um, the experience of teaching people, because honestly, we're not, I'm not going to keep secrets. I mean, everything's already out there. You can't, there's only, you know, they call it reinventing the wheel. The, the wheel can only be reinvented so many times, you know, and I'm going to show you all the tricks that I have, you know, from throwing a, a fluttering, you know, like, what is it called? Uh, oh, like a flutter spoon or a jigging yeah. spoon or yeah. something like that. You know, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about it. It's uh, on the back of a, of a spinner bait blade. Oh you yeah. Know, I like to rig my blade into a, into a Senko mm-hmm. and throw it on that, you know, just yeah, a little absolutely. Bit extra flash. stuff like that. You know, I mean, no secrets are going to be on this podcast at all. We're just going to throw it out there and hopefully you guys can take it. And, you know, if you do want to fish with us, let us know, you know, hit us up. I'm willing to take you out on my boat. I'm sure Josh will take you out on his boat as well. Absolutely. I'm always, always looking for new people to fish with. If they, if they want to go and they want to get interested, I'm ready. Yeah, definitely. I remember uh, when I first moved here, I was at Walmart. Uh, older guy, Andy, we're still friends. And uh, he was in the fishing section and started talking to him. And at the time, I had a small bass boat, you know, bass tracker, 17 foot. I know you probably remember it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, wife comes up and she's like, oh, you met somebody? I was like, yeah, you know, Andy, this is Andy. This is my wife, Teresa, you know. And uh, we're going to go fishing on Saturday. And she looked at me. And I said, yeah, we're going to go fishing on Saturday. Meet me at the ramp. You know, I'll be there at 7 a.m. All I asked for is some gas money. We went out there. I don't know. It was back when Medina was, you know, good with small fish. So we probably caught about 50 or 60 small ones, you know. Yeah. And we had a good time. And after that, you know, we built a friendship. And he's still my friend today. Yeah. And he's probably about 70 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's fine. But see, you were fortunate. You found somebody who was willing to take you and show you kind of like I was talking to you, you know, before we started recording this thing was, you know, fishing's one of those, you can call it a sport or a pastime or a passion, you know, whatever you want to call it. But it's one of the only things that me growing up, I played all the sports. I played football, basketball, baseball, golf. And, you know, if I wanted to get better, I just went and found a local pro. I, you know, booked an hour lesson and he'd teach me how to hit. He'd teach me how to swing a golf club. He'd teach me how to shoot a jump shot or whatever. You could, all the other sports out there, the stick and ball sports, as you call them or whatever. I mean, you can find somebody who's willing to show you these things. And 
they're not jealous or worried about if you start hitting the ball better than they do. Their ultimate goal is for you to get as good as possible. And I feel like in the fishing community, we, you know, people are willing to talk to you and people are willing to maybe take you fishing here or there, but then there's, you know, it seems like people are always holding something back and I get it. You know, a lot of people have worked hard for a lot of years to learn that knowledge and stuff. But if we keep that knowledge covered up, I feel like fishing as a whole is just going to stay kind of stagnant the way it has for the last 20 years. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. You know, especially the secretive stuff, you know, and at this point, like I said before, I mean, everything's on YouTube, everything's on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, all that stuff. You know, everybody's going to see it. And if we don't pass that on, that knowledge that we have, that's really good knowledge, if we don't pass that on, fishing is going to die. You know, even though it's, it is growing popularity around the world, I think it's, it's going to fall off at some point, you know? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And ultimately, that's the goal of this new podcast is just to hopefully keep it going and keep it alive and get as many people interested in this amazing thing that I get to enjoy all the time. Yeah. Even, even this podcast, I enjoy it. You know, it's being around your buddies, shooting the shit, drinking a couple of beers and having a good time at it, you know, talking about the stuff that we go through on the water, off the water. You know, I've been through some hard stuff lately and, you know, being positive, it goes in efficient too, because without positivity, I don't think I'd be at where I'm at right now. No, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more because, you know, one of the other things I love to do is I'm an avid hunter. And I notice that even when I started hunting, the funnest part of hunting is just being in the deer camp, mm-hmm. sitting around the fire, cooking steaks at the end of the night, you know, talking to everybody. It was kind of like when I fished my first Bass Champs event back in 2007, I actually fished with Tony, the guy that took me fishing for the first time ever. And seeing all the boats backed in at the hotel and everybody sitting out there rigging tackle and all the guys are just talking and BSing and just, you know, living life and having fun. And I feel like a lo- I feel like some of that stuff has been lost over the years, the 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 camaraderie the understanding of why we do this and i i mean i do it for the people i enjoy the people i enjoy the conversations and ultimately that's why i enjoy guiding now is because i get to spend a day on the water with people i've never met yeah you know one of the first trips i booked this summer i had a guy hit me up on the internet and his family was down in rockport and he ended up booking a trip with me and we got to talking and whatnot. And I asked him, I said, well, what do you, you know, what do you do for a living and yada, yada, yada. And he was like, well, uh, I'm in the bull riding business. And I'm like, okay, bull riding. And, you know, he goes, uh, and the, the older man that was on the boat, which I guess was his father-in-law told me, he goes, yeah, have you ever heard of Cody Lambert? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not a rodeo guy, but anybody who's seen the movie Eight Seconds or, <laughs> you know, knows who Cody Lambert is. And he points at me and he goes, well, that's his son over there. That's Riley, Riley Lambert. And I'm going, oh, man. So, you know, he's one of those guys that he runs the 
PBR bull riding. And I met him out of the blue just in, <laughs> just cause he happened to get on my boat in Rockport, Texas. And it was just the coolest thing getting to just meet people out of nowhere, meet people that I otherwise would never get to meet, never get to share time with. And it just turns out to be a lot of fun. And that's what I enjoy most. Definitely. Definitely. So with that being said, though, I'm happy that we're doing this and you talked me into starting it up again because I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to start another podcast up, man. Uh, two kids, wife, busy job. Um, but you know what, though? I'm, I'm ready to step back in and I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy that uh, when I moved here, um, my supervisor at my work at the time, Dallas, he was your friend. I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, he kind of he kind of told me you guys were into bass fishing and stuff like that. And then talk to, talk to me about your bass champsman over there in uh, Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, never got to meet you. And then one day I showed up at Falcon with Mike G. And uh, that's when, it, I don't know, that's when we kind of hit it off. The bromance started, I guess you could say, right? <laughs> that's, that's right, man. And you know what? I'm thankful for that, you know, because, again, it comes back to relationships and everything that you build. And, man, just getting to meet all the guys in the club and meet you. I mean, you know, you end up here out of California. You know, if it wasn't for bass fishing, I wouldn't know who you are. You wouldn't know who I am. And, exactly. Now we get to sit down and hopefully talk to you guys three or four times a month and drop a little knowledge on you. And hopefully y'all get as much out of this from an enjoyment standpoint, a knowledge standpoint, and have as much fishing or have as much fun listening to this fishing podcast as Joe and I do making the fishing podcast. Right. Well, y'all uh, stay tuned. We're going to definitely, uh, be putting some stuff out there check out uh soon to be facebook instagram tiktok probably do some youtube stuff on the water of like different tutorials and stuff like that uh get a hold of josh definitely most often if you want to go fishing in rockport for uh, some saltwater stuff uh last call guide service again man he's a great guy put you on him for sure so y'all take care and we'll talk to you later yes sir everybody have a great evening